Hello, and thank you for joining the Georgia Baptist Foundation podcast. I'm Jonathan Gray, President and CEO of the Georgia Baptist Foundation. And I have the privilege today of having Brian Hawkins, the President and CEO of the Georgia Baptist Children's Home and Family Ministries with us today. Brian, thank you so much for being able to just take time out of your schedule to join us. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate being asked to, to be a part of this. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, I know that you're relatively new to the role there at the Children's Home, or at least you're not new to the Children's Home, but you're new to the role. That's right. And uh, there may be a lot of Georgia Baptists that uh, are not familiar with you, maybe n- never met you. So what I wanted to do is just before we get into our topic of conversation today, is just give them the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. And so I know just from your background from Florida, came to Georgia, why don't you just kind of share with the audience a little bit about how God led you uh, here to this role? Um, I, well, I've been with the Georgia Baptist Children's Homes now for 24 years, okay. um, and I did. I moved here from Miami, Florida, where I work with the uh, Florida Baptist Children's Homes, and uh, it's it's an interesting story in that, you know, I you know I think a lot of people probably can say this, but I'm not where I thought I would be. Um, you know, I was in the military for almost six years, oh, really? and I really kind of had a trajectory that that uh, didn't really involve working with children and families, but God has a way of always bringing you to the place he wants you to be. He certainly and, does. And, yeah, and he used a copying machine to do it. A copying yeah, machine? He used a copying okay, machine. Okay, you'll have to tell us that story. And so uh, I was uh, just got out of the military, and uh, I came home. Um, I was overseas. I came home, and uh, I was meeting with my pastor that I grew up with, and um he was, of course, interested in what I was going to do next. And so I said, well, I'm not real sure. He goes, well, listen, I want you to talk to somebody. He works for the Florida Baptist Children's Homes. And I said, well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really not interested. And he goes, listen, he goes, they, you know, they just, you know, we just donated a copying machine to them. He owes me a favor. I'd like for you to talk to him. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, as a favor to my my pastor, sure, yeah. I would talk to him. And so then I uh, talked to a gentleman from the children's home. And, and as it turns out, he was doing them a favor. He didn't want to talk to me either, but they had just been given a copying machine. And so uh, he, uh, he talked to me and we just, we just hit it off. And I thought, well, I'll try this for a little while. And here I am today. Wow. So, that's, it's amazing how the Lord just yeah. kind of opens doors and leads us in ways we don't expect. Yeah. Now, I know with your time at the Children's Home, you spent uh, a decent amount of time at the Baxley campus or overseeing the Baxley campus. I did. I, I, I spent almost 17 years in the Baxley campus. Um, I was what they call a campus administrator where I just oversaw uh, the site and all the programs that were on that, that campus. And so it was a fantastic experience. Um, we had moved from Miami to Baxley, so it was, it was really going from such a large metropolitan area to a, to, to a small rural town was a change, but it was one that we embraced and really loved. Uh, largely raised my three children uh, there in Baxley, and, and, and um, it was just a great experience there. You know, and I don't know that Georgia Baptists know that we have multiple campuses. So we've got the Baxley campus, and then maybe share with them about the sure. other campuses that we have. Well, we have the Baxley campus, and the joke about the Baxley campus, and maybe I shouldn't say joke, <laughs> but when I first got to Baxley, the, the, the saying was, we're two hours from everything. And, um, and so there, we're two hours north of Jacksonville. Uh, we're two hours south of, uh, of Macon. 
were about two hours east of, of Columbus and uh, two hours west of, of Savannah. So they're kind of right. It, it's, it's two hours from any, everywhere. And so we're right in between Vidalia and um, Waycross, if, if folks know where that is. And then we have another campus in what we call Meansville, uh, Georgia. And so it's a smaller campus. And, uh, but we've been there for many years. It's a beautiful Rolling Hills uh, mm. area. And then we also have a therapeutic riding program oh, yeah. that is located in Warm Springs, Georgia. Um, and so uh, people don't know much about those, those programs. Then what people really know us for is mostly our Palmetto campus, mm-hmm. uh, which is on the south side uh, of Atlanta, just the southernmost part of Fulton County. Um, and then lastly, we actually have a uh, property in uh, Mount Airy, Georgia, where we do oh, yeah. our developmentally disabled camps for children up there. Yeah, that's one I don't know that many people know much about and even knew that you had a property in Mount Airy. Right. Well, as we kind of talk a little bit today about uh, foster care, um, of course, I'm not an expert on this issue. I'm kind of basing it off of information that I have picked up through the years. But it seems to me, I don't know whether that would have been 10, 15, 20 years ago, there was a change in how uh, the state government handled uh, care for orphans and foster children and other things that really kind of, if I understand it, pushed children more into the families, into the homes, rather than into group home type setting. Could you kind of maybe speak to that to to just kind of set the context for what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, absolutely. There was a push um, for kids to really be more engaged in foster care homes than in what they would call congregate care homes. I think there is a little bit of a misnomer at the time that congregate care homes, which is what we are uh, at the Georgia Baptist Children's Homes on our campuses, um, were more institutional than home-like, which isn't exactly true. But I can understand how they could get that that misnomer because we do have a license and, and we're licensed as a child caring institution. That's a state of Georgia license. And so the idea was, well, we want kids out of institutions. We want them out of congregate care and we want them in family homes and that kind of care. And I absolutely agree in that that's the best place uh, for children to be, but sure. it's not always possible for a lot of different reasons. Um, First and foremost, there's just, and when we're talking about anywhere between 10,000 at any given time to 18,000 kids in the state of Georgia being in out-of-home, needing Mm out-of-home care, and there's just not enough family foster care homes uh, across the state to accommodate that. Um, Then the other aspect of it, too, is, is that children have a multitude of different needs. We have some children who have some just really significant mental health needs. Mm. And sometimes those things can't really, that, that need can't be met in a traditional foster care home. And so an organization like the Georgia Baptist Children's Homes and our campuses, we can meet those needs. Sometimes there's some really significant behaviors that are born out of the trauma that our children you know, experience. Um, they're at, in out-of-home care because of that trauma. And so um, they're exhibiting these behaviors and and it's really difficult for a family to be able to absorb those behaviors. 
and so we can kind of act as a buffer, if you will, a stabilizing, um, um, you know, place for kids to get stabilized, uh, to be able to um, get their understand their behaviors, and then we can better recruit. Uh, the best foster care family that we can for that child, because we we that's we want our kids in foster care too. Yeah, and so it, it seems to me, and of course you may want to speak a, a moment or two on this, but really the the Georgia Baptist Children's Home and Family Ministries, as that transition has taken place over the last several years, y'all have really begun to focus on the students or the kids that really need the most care and are the most difficult and and really have the biggest issues. It's all it's almost. The way I look at it, it's kind of like intensive care uh, for these for these kids. I, I really appreciate that you, you you recognize that because we we really have, and um, we we work with probably some of the most difficult kids uh, in the state of Georgia, and we really feel like we have a ministry uh, to these kids. You know, there's there's a lot of folks who kind of gone in different directions because it's really hard to work with those kids. It's hard to find staff who are willing to uh, engage those behaviors. And, and we have a lot of staff turnover sometimes because of those behaviors. But, you know, these kids are, are worthy of every effort we can give Amen. to take care of them, regardless of what their behavior is like. And, and we have to understand where that behavior comes from. It comes from the environments that they, they come from. Now, that's not to excuse behavior. Everybody needs to be accountable for their behavior. But, but they also need help in understanding that trauma. And so that's why we practice uh, uh, trauma-informed care. It's really a philosophy of, of how we do things uh, because we feel like that we can't really help a child until we fully understand that child, what they've experienced. And we don't ask questions like, why did you do that? We ask questions like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And so that gives us a better understanding of that behavior and then helps us stabilize that child, better prepare them, you know, physically, emotionally, and every other way to be a part of a family. And hopefully that family can be, you know, a forever family potentially, uh, but a long-term family, uh, someone that they can really connect with and just and grow with. And we'll talk a little, a little bit about giving before our time's over with, but just as you mentioned that, you know, I do think it's important for the audience and Georgia Baptist to understand that just like if an individual goes into regular care at the hospital versus going into intensive care at the hospital, the cost differential is significant. And so the children that you're trying to serve on a per child basis cost significantly more than maybe a typical or the average child in foster care. And, and it, it requires more needs, more attention, more personnel. And so uh, I just I think it's healthy for Georgia Baptist to realize that the, the great work that you're doing really requires healthy contributions from our Baptist family and others to be able to make this service available. It really does. It, 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 the, the work that we do, it requires more staff uh, because we, we have to provide 24-hour awake care, and that's seven days a week, 365 days a year. And so, um, and of course, you know, we, we want not only just any staff, but we want godly Christian staff members who really have a desire to make a difference in a child's life. And so um, there's a lot of money that goes into just recruitment for those staff. And then, of course, and we want to take care of those staff as best that we can. We want them to stay with us. Uh, we're continually training. Training is expensive. 
uh, oftentimes, particularly when you're doing the type of training that we're doing to work with such you know, difficult behaviors. And um, we also have a community counseling program because we actually provide the therapeutic interventions uh, for our children in care. And so we go and we, we hire our own therapists and, and uh, we want godly Christian therapists. And so that, that there is an expense to that. And, um, mm. and we appreciate uh, those who understand that, those who are willing to understand it more, and those who absolutely just, you know, they pull up alongside us and really care for us. And so let me use that as kind of an opportunity to transition us to talking a little bit more specifically about the do's and don'ts of foster care. Before we, before we go there, though, I think it's a great opportunity for me to just kind of uh, highlight or bring out something. You know, we're seeing, especially in the younger generation, uh, a greater openness to foster care and op- greater openness to make sure that these children that are not provided for by their biological parents have someone to provide for them. And so I think it's also uh, worth noting, just when you're talking about the need for folks to work for you, that there may be a, a young couple, middle-aged or older couple out there that God's begin to kind of lay on their heart for foster care, but it may be that he didn't want them just to stop at foster care. He may want them to make that a career path and, uh, and come, you know, help a ministry like yourself. And I know uh, you're constantly looking for people who love Jesus and love children. And so it may be that somebody listening to us today might say, hey, maybe I would, you know, the Lord's leading me to, to step into that role. Absolutely. You know, I was just, um, I go around to all of our locations about once a quarter and uh, I talked to all of my staff members. We, we do, it's called a ministry update that I like to do. And I was just having these ministry updates this past week. And one of the things that I told my, our, our staff was, listen, when you go to your church, whether you have a small group, Sunday school, class, whoever that you're involved with, go. Tell them about what you're doing. Mm. Um, tell them about the differences and the changes that you are making in children's lives. Because when people hear that, there's something that kind of stirs in them. It's like, That's I right. want to be a part of that That's too. Right. And so, and there's so many ways that they can be a part of that. Maybe it's just through volunteerism, um, coming to the campus. Um, right now, we have some wonderful people who come every Monday night and they do a full-blown worship service with our kids oh that's good and the they've they just started kind of coming and doing that and they're getting more and more involved go and talk to them and say listen here's the thing how about a year of your life let's just start there can you take a year of your life and give it to a child and make a difference for an eternity one year wow be a foster parent for a year and it will it will it'll change their lives forever because you might not think this but this might be the very first time they ever hear about forgiveness and 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 love that can only come from through jesus christ and and so um and then that like you said there's some others talk to them about what we do and they may like you know um i'd like to do something like that well you you can you come talk to us and so um, and, and, you know, we want our churches to understand the importance of caring for our children in our communities. Um, if not us, then, then who? That's right. Um, when we're thinking about any given time, 10, again, to 18,000 children, you know, in out-of-home care, who, who do we want reaching out and loving those kids? 
we want godly Christian people doing that. And so that's that's our goal, that's our mission, that's what we want to do. And it's so, so very important. That's great. So let's talk just a minute. So let's just say someone listening to this podcast is really kind of beginning to feel like the Lord's quickening their spirit to say, I think I might want to be a foster parent. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say are some of the do's? What should they do is they're considering, is this right for me or is this what God's leading me to? Well, I think one of the things, of course, always you want to do is you want to pray uh, about being a, a part of the foster care ministry to make sure that that's what God is leading you to do. Understand what your motivations are. And so uh, going into to foster care because your motives have to be right because it can be a difficult thing because it will change and understand, do understand, it will change your life. It'll change your life for the better, but there will also be some challenges. And so it is important to understand that, that what those challenges are. Sure. Talk to somebody. I want you do want to talk to people about it. You know, the Georgia Baptist Children's Homes, we try to do informational meetings across the state, anywhere and everywhere we can, just for that first step for you to understand what foster care ministry is about uh, and to help you um, know whether or not that that's something that you're geared for. So, so talk to people, understand, educate yourself about that, and make sure that you're able to advocate for a child in the way that a child needs to be advocated mm-hmm. for. That this is about the child, it's not about you. Um, we don't want, we want people to, to um, reach out and love these kids because of their needs, not because you may have a need that you need to fulfill. Mm. Um, and so those are some of the, a couple of things that you want to do um, as you're thinking about foster care. Now along those lines, I would just be curious, I, this may not even exist, but is there the opportunity either for like short-term or respite type situations that that folks can kind of test the water a little Absol- bit? Absolutely. We, we can have, we have people who we go out and we talk to churches too. And we say, listen, there's, there's usually about three things you can do if we break it down. If you can be a foster care parent, you can be a respite foster care parent, which what that means is um, maybe for a week, a weekend, you can care for a child that's in another foster care home, but maybe they need rest. They need self-care. And so uh, you might be able to help them by maybe it's even just an evening just for date night uh, to be respite in that way and so then the other the third thing that you could do is just be a supporter of foster care families you know I've interviewed some of our foster care families in the past and I've said listen what what are we missing what's the what's one of the most important things that we could do for you that you're not getting And I was expecting maybe something really tangible that they could put your hands on. But their thing was, I just needed a phone call for somebody to tell me thanks. I just needed somebody to say, I appreciate what you're doing. I basically needed, I just needed some encouragement. And so sometimes um, people uh, in our churches can just reach out and just send a letter, send a card, um, make a phone call and just say, you're, I know you're there. I know what you're doing and it's important. I'm praying for you. We love you. And, and, and just doing that is an incredible help to, to our families. Just that power of encouragement. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So those are some some of the do's that folks can do. What what are maybe some of the don'ts? So if you're considering this, don't do this kind of. Right, right. Well, one of the things that you don't want to do is is you don't want to kind of impose your upbringing. Maybe you've raised children of your own, and maybe they're out of the house. Maybe they're in the house, and you know what really worked in your home. You know what worked with you, with your mom and dad raising you. You have to understand that those things might not work with a child who's coming from an abusive uh, background where they've experienced a lot of trauma. Hmm. So understand that, that you, you, you don't want to just roll into this thinking, I know how to raise a child. And so I know what to do. I know how to make this. <laughs> I know how to make this right. Um, and so you don't want to go into it that way. You don't want to. You don't want to force a relationship. Sure. Because, you know, you don't want to go in with the attitude of, you know, this child's going to love me because I am sacrificing myself right. and, and, and a lot of different things to provide this care. And so they're just going to love me because of that. And they'll, they'll probably, when they're older, they'll name their kids after me. They'll thank me, you know, yeah. when they win the Academy Award from the stage and all those things. Don't have those those expectations going in. Don't rush that relationship. Let a relationship happen naturally. Let God nurture that relationship. Um, so it sounds like to me really anyone that's considering foster care really almost has to have a deliberate intention to have a sacrificial mindset absolutely absolutely and and you know one of the other things too just don't you want you know when these children come into our lives we want just such great things for them we 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 just we want them to be blessed beyond measure and so oftentimes we'll make promises to them that we might not be able to fulfill. We might tell them about, you know, here's what's going to happen in the future. And, and we don't have any control over that. And so we don't want to create, you know, we don't want to set kind of a false kind of, hope type situation. Absolutely. And so wow. we just need to be really careful with that. And, and so, um, you know, and you might see this child and, you know, foster to adopt um, is a real thing. It's a great opportunity. A lot of times when you foster a child, it can lead to adoption. But I wouldn't go into it thinking that that's the case. Um, when, you, when you bring a child into your home, okay, well, I'm loving this kid. Um, I'm going to adopt them. They may not be available for adoption. They may not. Um, there may be a plan uh, for them to reunite with their biological families. And so, um, because they, it's, there's, there's, and there's something to be said for connecting children with their kin. And so there is, and there is that. And so be really careful with a child coming in and don't expect that they're going to be with you forever because they may not be. You have a window. I don't know. It may be short. It may be a lifetime, but you do the best that you can with that window. Um, and just yeah, whatever you word. do, whatever you do, uh, just share the love of Christ with them when you have that opportunity. So if there's folks listening to the podcast that, that they have an interest in foster care, is it something that they can reach out to the children's home and you kind of help guide them through that process of what we, it takes? 
yet we would love. Um, there is all kinds of information. One of the things that you could do is you can contact any of our campuses uh, and they can connect you with our foster care uh, director. You can call the central office. If you look on our website, you can see information about, uh, uh, about foster care. Uh, on our website, and it'll give you all the con uh, all the phone numbers, emails, everything that you could uh, want. We have a central intake uh, mm. office uh, that you can call and or email, and we will get you um, connected with somebody in our foster care program immediately, and they will absolutely walk you through every step of foster care, to include again just that initial. Hey, let's talk about what. Let's talk about what this might mean for you. And, and there's no judgment there because we love it when people come to the realization, you know what, maybe not now. And that's okay. Because yeah, you certainly don't want them taking on that responsibility and it not be the right that's time. That's correct. Or they but, not be the right personality type. But not now doesn't mean never. Sure. And so, um, but continue to check in with us or, or connect with us. And maybe next year. And, and, and allow God to, to, to work in that life. And so, um, but we, yeah, we will absolutely walk through every step of the process. And I may be stating the obvious here, but uh, the reality also is, is if there's pastors out there that know of people in their congregation that have an interest, then certainly you would encourage him to let them know about the children's home and the services and the support that's available for them as they pursue what God may be leading them to do in this area. John, I think um, pastors are absolutely uh, crucial to the foster care ministry um, because they know their congregation. They know they know their people in their churches. Um, they know the people who have the heart for, for ministry. And, um, and so I would encourage pastors just to invite us to come, mm. um, you know, at some point and to just do an informational meeting in, in, in your church. Um, and or just connect us with individuals that you know that would be interested in this, sure. in this ministry. Yeah. And I think it's worthy of, of talking about it from the pulpit um, and, and letting, and letting um, you know, um, our, 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 our people know this is important. And so. Yeah. Well, we'd say, as we kind of come to our time of conclusion and ending our podcast uh, today, I do think it's important to note, and I think a lot of uh, Georgia Baptists uh, are not aware of this, that the children's home is not in the cooperative program budget. They do not receive cooperative program dollars and have not received cooperative program dollars for many years. That's correct. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of speak to that because I do think it's something that it's important for our Baptist family to be aware of. That's and and we haven't we haven't received cooperative program dollars since probably about 1936 actually. Oh wow, that long. Yeah, and so you know back in the back in that period of time, you know there was a depression going on. I mean, it was everyone was hurting, and I think there was a just a, a mutual you know decision between you know the Georgia Baptist Convention at the time and the Children's Home. Their thing was like, look you all could probably generate, you know, support uh, better on your own than through us at this point. Because everybody sure. was just was just trying to start. And, and I think what we found through the years is that, that that's, that's right. People can connect with us, um, you know, on an individual basis. Um, we've got s churches that are just 
incredibly supportive of us. They put us in their budget. Um, you know, they, they regularly participate in Children's Home Day offerings. And so um, we've just, we just felt like that, that has been a really um, uh, a good experience for us. Um, and it's, again, it's just a mutual beneficial uh, arrangement. And so, uh, but at the same time, we don't want people to forget that, that yeah, we, we rely on our churches. We rely on our individuals. Sure. Um, right now, probably about 19% of our operational income uh, comes from churches. Maybe another 7 or 8% comes from individuals who may or may not go to one of our, 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 our Baptist churches but, but, but give to us. And so um, uh, we always want to see those numbers increase. Uh, but but um, we, we, we really enjoy uh, the opportunity to, which th- this arrangement allows us to have a more intimate relationship uh, with some of our local churches. And we really enjoy that. Yeah, and like I said, I think it's just good for Georgia Baptist to realize that, that, uh, that you're not receiving funds for proper program and are constantly trying to make sure that you've got the resources to take care of some of the extreme needs that these children have. Absolutely. You know, Brian, at the Georgia Baptist Foundation, it's, uh, it's been our joy to work and support the children's home for years. And we have many people that through the years, through an estate plan or some other type of financial contribution, have set up an endowment fund where income goes to support the children's home from now until the time that, that uh, Christ returns. And so I'd just love for the audience to know that uh, if they have a heart to support the children's home, they can make an outright gift that can benefit today, or we can help them if they want to do something that's more long-term, but we can help them do that. And one just kind of concept or idea that I have seen uh, folks use from time to time, when individuals are preparing their state plans and they're trying to determine how they're going to distribute their assets, one concept is a child's portion. And so give you, for instance, if they have three children, they'll divide the estate 25% to the three children, and then that fourth child, 25%, would go to ministry of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I've often thought through the years, wouldn't it be great if uh, Georgia Baptist kind of had this mindset that, hey, we're going to make sure that we take care of those children, and I'm going to give a child's portion just the same that I would give to my biological children. I'm going to give a child's portion to help make sure that we take care of the children uh, that are in the care of the Georgia Baptist Children's Home and our other ministry. So I just kind of throw that out there as an idea generator. And if it's uh, someone in our audience uh, would like to move forward with that, we'd be more than happy uh, to help them. Yeah, well, thank you, Jonathan, for that. And we have, we've benefited greatly, and we appreciate the relationship we have with the foundation. And those gifts have been incredibly um, helpful to us in the ministry. And what you're talking about is, is a legacy and creating a legacy That's right. that goes well beyond the, the, the days you spend, you know, on this planet, but beyond. And, and uh, uh, that's just a wonderful opportunity to continue to minister to children and families well into the future. That's right. Well, Brian, thank you for your time today. We're excited to have you in this role as the president of the Children's Home, and we pray God's blessings on you as you continue to lead the ministry to do the great work that it's done really for so many years. Well, Thank you. It's a pleasure. I really, again, appreciate you allowing me to be here. And to our audience, I just want to say thank you for your time today. And uh, uh, tune in next time for the next podcast here for our Georgia Baptist Foundation podcast. God bless and have a good day. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please be sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast content so you don't miss an episode. 
At the Georgia Baptist Foundation, we exist to help churches and their members faithfully steward all that God has blessed them with while effectively leveraging their resources for kingdom purposes. We do this in two primary ways. First, we help individuals include gifts in their estate plans and provide assistance with establishing charitable annuities and trusts. Second, we offer long-term, morally screened investments that allow churches and ministries to better steward ministry dollars. If you want to learn more about how we can help you or your church do more with the resources God has blessed you with, contact us at our website at www.gbfoundation.org. Connect with us on social media as well to stay up to date with our latest podcast content, as well as news on educational events and opportunities.